This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. On today's show, we're back from the dead of winter with artist and colorist extraordinaire Paulina Ganeshow. Plus, I catch you up on cons and goings-on, talk Spider-Gwen and Silk, and get really self-indulgent selling you on my upcoming series, Power Up. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. I hope that you've been having a good uh, month and a half. It's been a bit. Uh, So I took some time in Los Angeles because... You should see the snow here. Really, I mean, it's the best explanation that I have. It's horrible. There's like 17 feet of snow in Canada right now. We're in an ice cave and all of us are dying. So I took some time and uh, stayed there and also was getting a bunch of work done. Um, To catch you up on a small percentage of what's gone on (laughs) in my life, uh, let's work backwards. So I just got back from Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, which is my favorite large convention of the year. I mean, I've never done San Diego Comic Con and knock on wood, I hopefully never will. It sounds so terrifying. (laughs) But I've done New York and I've done Heroes and I've done a lot of other big shows and Emerald City, you know, this was my second year going and it definitely maintained its status as A+. It's just a fantastic show. If you live on the West Coast or if you're able to get out next year, it's usually in March and you should you should try. It's a con that you know, despite its enormous size and overwhelming amount of attendees, always seems very well run, very well organized. There were tons of people walking around to help. You know, as a guest, there were people who always came to show up to take me to my table or to my panels, um, you know, to make sure that I was okay. It's just great. It's just a great show. And the caliber and quality of artists that come every year is, you know, just off the charts. There's just so many people I didn't even get to talk to or see that I wanted to. And I was out there <laughs> walking around all of the time. Um, I did six panels at that show, and I will never do that again. (laughs) I think I died. I think I am a ghost now, a dead person that uh, walks the earth, haunting everyone who decides to do more than three panels during a convention to let them know that they have made a horrible, horrible mistake. Um, The panels themselves were actually all really great, but it was exhausting. (laughs) Some very notable and mentionable ones, although they have been written about online by now, uh, we did uh, a Meet the Valkyries panel, which was a really big deal for me because I finally, you know, on a a larger stage and with a larger audience, got to talk about what it is that the Valkyries are, what we do. And um, if this is perhaps your first time listening or you're not familiar, the Valkyries is an organization of women who work in comic book shops that I founded a couple of years ago. So there are are a couple articles online. There's one on CBR and one on the Mary Sue I guess the Mary Sue talked about the non-compliant panel, but it mentioned the Valkyries as well. Anyway, there are some write-ups about it that you can check out. And uh, we got to announce that the Valkyries are going to start doing Valkyries variants, which means that we're going to be doing variant covers specifically available at Valkyries stores. So a shop that has, you know, uh, women uh, working there who are members of the group. So that's going to, you know, build and evolve and uh, (laughs) smooth itself out over time. But the first one that we announced is a cover that I drew and that our guest for this show, Paulina Ganeshow, colored. Um, And that's going to be for Gail Simone's uh, Swords of Sorrow series coming out, which is, you know, a, a huge 
undertaking of a whole bunch of uh, female creators. So that was very exciting. And we also announced that we're going to be doing one for Pretty Deadly that Emma Rios is going to be drawing coming out in the fall when Pretty Deadly returns with issue six. So that was the Valkyries panel, and that was nuts because it was standing room only and huge and hundreds of people (laughs) watching us talk about what we do. Gail Simone came up and made us all cry and was very sweet. Not like she, you know, threw rocks at us or anything, but she was very sweet. So we did that, and we did the non-compliant panel with uh, Kelly Sudaconic, Spike Trotman, Erica Moen, um, Noelle Stevenson, myself. And I feel that I'm forgetting someone, but uh, it was awesome and pretty bitchin', if I do say so myself. And we pretty much just talked about, um, you know, not letting people boss you around or be terrible and, you know, making the comics that you want to make and inspiring other people and being inspired. And it was just, yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) It was an awesome girl power party. And we did the None More Goth panel. And no matter what anyone tells you, I am more goth than Kieran Yellen. So that was Emerald City. It was great. If you were there and I met you, uh, it was so nice to meet you. Um, cause I didn't have like a single bad experience with anyone. Um, so honestly, it was so much fun. Uh, just, just really, really great. Uh, in terms of projects and stuff that I'm doing, and I'm trying to rip through this so it's not to seem too egotistical, but uh, I'm right now involved in a Kickstarter that is, is still going, if you are listening to this while it's still going. Um for a uh, online anthology series called Fresh Romance that is uh, being put together by Rosie Press, run by Janelle Aslan, who's one of the people running Comics Alliance now and has been an editor in the industry for many years and also just a badass warrior lady. So Fresh Romance is going to be a monthly anthology featuring different kinds of romance stories, and I am writing one of them. And the story is called School Spirit. It's being drawn by Ariel Jovalanos. I really hope I didn't pronounce your last name wrong, Ariel. I'm so sorry. Uh, And Amanda Skirty is coloring it. And that one, the way I'm hitching it is, it's a bit like Archie, a bit like Heather's. It's a high school sort of uh, mean girls story, but that is where the people are actually trying to help each other out. You know, they, they appear to be very petty you know, cliquey popular girls, but are actually trying to help each other out because they're all having secret romances. And it's pretty gay. So uh, if you want to check that out, as well as uh, there's a ton of other contributors and a second wave has just been announced. Uh, It's on Kickstarter right now. Just look for Fresh Romance. Very excited about it. Kevin Wada did our first cover where he drew two of my characters, which was (laughs) like boner. Um, (laughs) Kevin Wada is the best. Um... So what else, what else, what else? Very briefly to get through it, because I am sorry to talk so much about myself. But golly, it's been a while, you know. I want to know how you are, but this is what I've been up to. Um, My second printing of the second issue of Bitch Planet came out, so I did the cover for that. Um, So they reprinted issue two and issue three. I did the cover of number two, and Robert Wilson IV did the cover for number three. He also drew that issue. It's awesome. Um. So, yeah, that cover was a piece of tattoo flash that I drew um, that says, don't tell me to smile. So a lot of people have been picking that up, and I'm hearing that it's already kind of hard to get, which is flattering. I also just finished drawing um, a cover for Sex Criminals that's going to be available. I have no idea when, but uh, it's I'm very excited about it. Paulina also coloring that. <laughs> We're, I'm going to talk to her a bit about that when we do the interview later on in the show, and I... I can't wait to see if she, uh, if she gets flustered or if she's totally fine with it. Um, 
And, of course, that Swords of Sorrow cover. So that's most of it. Uh, the second arc of Edward Scissorhands is just starting. Bravest Warriors is still going. And we're just entering into a new arc with that. Um, and, yeah, working on Power Up. Power so while I was away on my sabbatical in the sunshine, uh, a comic that I've been working on for literally over a year was announced. Power Up is coming from Boom, who have been my publishers on Bravest Warriors and Adventure Time, as well as a bunch of other things for a couple of years now, are doing an original series with me. So that's through Boombox, the same publishers that do Lumberjanes, Help Us Great Warrior, um, Teen Dog, a bunch of other really awesome, fun, all-ages titles. And Power Up is a comic that Matt Cummings, who is the artist and an amazing person and a good friend of mine who lives also in Nova Scotia, and I have been working on, I would say, probably since September of 2013 that we've been trying to put this together. It is crazy how long it takes to do things in comics. Um, The series itself is a magical team story, and what it is about is a group of people who are very unrelated. You know, it's not a group of friends like in Sailor Moon or anything like that. They have nothing really to do with each other other than that they all sort of live in this mid-sized city. Uh, And they all simultaneously receive these intergalactic powers. So they get these abilities out of nowhere with no explanation. And all of a sudden, each of them uh, finds themselves with with these different new abilities. And in a very short span of time, they start getting attacked by aliens and warriors and <laughs> ne'er-do-wells from all over the galaxy who start showing up on Earth. Now, the thing that I really want to do with this series and that has always been my goal is to tackle the idea of people who in one way or another have plateaued in life or who have kind of settled and who are forced to to change things up and to reevaluate and, you know, are shaken up by these powers. Because a lot of time, you know, I mean, I grew up on Magical Girls and I love Sailor Moon. And you, you, as a regular listener, if you are, you know that. <laughs> but I was always fascinated by the idea of what if those kind of Magical Girl powers went to people who not necessarily didn't deserve them, but never would have wanted them or aren't, the, you know, the, the number one people to deal with having powers like that. So Power Up is, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a, a girl in her mid-20s who kind of has a, an arts degree who's working retail, which, I mean, it's going to sound really autobiographical, but honestly is the case with about 80% of the people that I know. <laughs> Just people who, you know, went to art school, did college, and then realized that uh, the job market out there it's, is not as uh, amenable to artists as we might like to believe. So, you know, that was that was a big deal. So she is one of the people that gains powers. Um, there is also a guy who peaked in high school uh, who was like a lacrosse player and a real, you know, beefy dude who now is kind of a construction worker and still lives with his mom. And uh, the third character, Sandy, is, um, uh, you know, a very overworked mom of two teenagers who is, is trying very hard to keep her entire life together while everyone around her is sort of apathetic and also a goldfish named Silas. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I've done some interviews and stuff about that. But when someone else is editing what you're saying and someone else is putting out a piece, you don't always get out um, the explanation that you really want or the description that you really want. So that's power up. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more to it because I love to do things in layers. I love there to be secrets and I love things to unravel. <laughs> but that's what's coming. And 
um, you know, Matt Cummings is one of my favorite artists, and he's someone who I've I've loved and who I've worked with a number of times. And just, you know, he's, he's, he's a buddy. He's just a cool buddy. And he's been doing a webcomic called uh, Battle Dog with... Um, Oh my goodness, I'm going to forget his name right now, but I'll but I'll add it in later. Andrew. <laughs> um I feel really bad about that. Andrew. So they've been doing this comic battle dog together forever. And it's just a really fun, also very sort of anime and magical girl inspired uh webcomic for a couple of years. So that's, you know, the biggest thing that that Matt has done kind of on a regular basis. And now we're doing this comic together. And that's that's really exciting. Andrew Duff. I looked it up. <laughs> He's a friend of mine, but you get in front of a microphone. Anyway, um, so Power Up is coming out in, in July. I think it's coming out in time for San Diego Comic-Con. But, you know, I got a podcast. You're already listening. I might as well tell you about it. So you should check it out, and I will let you know more as it develops. So that's a really good question. What am I reading now? Um, I haven't been here for a month and a half, but oh my God, I've been reading, trying to keep up. It's very hard to keep up on all of your comics when you are traveling all over the world, which makes like huh, sound really pompous, but it's it's a lot. Um, I've also been buying a lot of comics and, and leaving them with my boyfriend to uh, come back to. So... Here's some things that I think are very notable that have been out in the last little while. And I know I'm behind. And by our next episode, hopefully I will have caught up on even more new stuff. I'm sure I will. I'm around. I'm, I read a lot. Um, but since we've been here, since we've chatted, since we've talked, Spider-Gwen, obviously a huge thing. Very excited for that to come out. I remember talking about being very excited about it. Um but this series, uh, which, you know, launched from the Edge of Spider-Verse number two issue that came out, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a while back, is now an ongoing series. And that is by Jason Latour, uh, who's the writer of um, Southern Bastards, which is also an amazing series. And uh, Robbie Rodriguez, the artist who who was the designer of the new Spider-Gwen costume, and it's colored by Rico Renzi. Now, I'm going to bring up Rico Renzi a lot because I realized he's coloring, like, pretty much all of the Marvel comics I'm really into right now. So take a shot every time you hear his name. <laughs> and then you'll have three and it'll just be a nice night and then you can go to bed. Um, Spider-Gwen's really, really awesome. I'm excited about this uh, this new series. I think it has a lot of potential. I'm excited to see it, you know, uh, figure itself out and, uh, and, and really build a world because I think that's how comics like that really survive, especially when they're self-contained. Miss Marvel has done that so well of building and establishing cast in her family and her friends, you know, to really make you feel like you can read that comic without reading, you know, 400 crossovers. And I think that if Spider-Gwen really does that and really kind of locks down and, and builds its own world, and I'm so excited to see what happens with the Mary Janes, which is the band that she's in, in this alternate, you know, world. So, so far she's faced off against the Vulture. That was really fun and weird <laughs> and dealt with Spider-Man. Um, but you you should definitely check it out. You don't really need to know very much because it is that sort of Elseworlds vibe. Uh, yeah, uh, Spider-Gwen. It's just so good. <laughs> I was so excited for it for so long, and I'm glad to see it live up to expectations. One that completely took me by surprise because I was not looking forward to it. Not that it's not great, but just that, you know, I hadn't really heard of it, is Silk. Um, two issues into Silk so far. There may be a third one that I haven't picked up yet, but the two that I've gotten 
are fantastic. I honestly think, and I mean, Spider-Gwen is really, really awesome. And I don't ever like to, you know, compare, but Silk sets a really, really strong foundation for a new series. I don't know that character. I've never read about that character. It, it was totally new to me. And I picked up issues one and two and completely fell in love with that character. Um, you know, Cindy Moon, who uh, is is Silk, is this character who has, you know, those similar spider powers, um, but lived in a bunker for a really long time and is now out. Um, it's a lot better than Kimmy Schmidt in terms of uh, things about people that came from bunkers. <laughs> but it's so it's so great. You know, the, the art um, that Stacey Lee is doing. So, hey, A, it's really awesome to have a woman artist on a Marvel series, much like Squirrel Girl. Um, but... Yeah, it's just it's it's established itself really, really well. It's like a series that just kicks off with a great pilot, if that's a better way to explain it. But a cool action adventure series that has a different art style. You know, if you're not really into that very typical Spider-Man, Batman, superhero, over-muscled, very gritty art style, um, definitely check out Silk because it's super visually appealing and the characters are, are really, really well written. So Spider-Man and Silk, like an awesome combo <laughs> i'm i'm really into them um in other uh, superhero stuff uh well it's not really superhero but gotham academy is really hitting its stride um it came out with its end game issue which was kind of a self-contained separate issue so did batgirl which was great but i really loved the gotham academy one i love the weird supernatural world that gotham academy is doing you know it it does it was often compared to Harry Potter because it has that supernatural aspect, because it takes place in a boarding school. But it deals very much with um, with the villains of Arkham Asylum and also about how they may not, you know, treat their patients very well. Or it deals with the the criminalization and the, the demonization of mentally ill people. And not in, you know, a beat you over the head way, but in an interesting way that you don't really see in Batman comics where it is kind of accepted that, you know, the villains are all insane. But Gotham Academy kind of asks, well, what does that mean? And I like that. I really, really like that. Um, it also seems yeah, a tiny bit queer here and there around the edges. I don't know where it's going, but uh, I have a feeling. <laughs> and it's very pretty. Carl Kershaw's art is great. Um that one written by Brennan Fletcher and, and Becky Cloonan, who are, you know, pretty much a dream team. Also very beautiful people. <laughs> They're all great. But, um, yeah, if you've sort of been sleeping on Gotham Academy, if you want to check it out, um, you know, reading up to issue six, it's, it. I felt like for me it took a little while to figure out what was going on and who was who. But, you know, there's enough of it out now that you can catch up on those and really get a feel for it. So check out Gotham Academy definitely giving it my like stamp of approval <laughs> um and squirrel girl squirrel girl remains one of the funniest comics on the shelves ryan north writing that erica henderson you know we did a whole episode with them obviously you know that i like it but it continues to be fantastic the alt text on the bottom so funny I, oh my god i wish i could remember what there was a reference to in the last one but i spit out a cookie i was eating it was so funny <laughs> so i definitely think if you're buying a lot of gritty comics or a lot of darker comics things like you know witches and wicked and the divine that are darker or heavier or more complicated which are all really great which is still great wicked and the divine still great all really good but 
break it up with Squirrel Girl and Silk and Howard the Duck. <laughs> I haven't talked. I haven't been on the podcast since Howard the Duck came out, I don't think. And oh, my golly. I love Chip Zdarsky. He is one of my favorite people. Again, been on the podcast, so you know that. But, you know, who I didn't know what it would be like, you know, to, to see the transition from someone as an artist to a writer. You never know. But unsurprisingly, he is amazing. So the two funniest comics out from Marvel right now, both written by two extremely funny guys from Toronto. So I feel pretty good about the Canadian influence at Marvel. <laughs> and it, it's so like whatever you expect the Howard the Duck comic to be, it's not exactly that. But his interactions was, oh, my God, the way he writes Spider-Man. So funny. Plus, even though She-Hulk ended and it was completely heartbreaking, She-Hulk and her uh, merry band of attorneys and uh, attorney assistants do come back for this series. And Joe Canonas is drawing them, and he is one of the best in the business. So definitely check that out. It feels really weird to mostly be recommending superhero comics, but... I had been reading a lot of serious stuff and, and reading a lot of actual prose horror books. I've been on a huge Shirley Jackson kick, and the new Neil Gaiman collection came out. So, um, you know, in my pile of stuff that I've picked up, I've been reaching for the funny, fun superhero stuff first. And that's definitely a shift for me, but, yeah, I'm I'm open to good comics, whatever they are. So that has been an exciting time. The last thing I am going to mention, um, other than the fact that you should still be reading The Kitchen because it's getting so good, <laughs> is uh, Sunstone. So we had a Twitter conversation before this episode where I tried to get the author to pronounce his name, and he <laughs> the instructions are vague. Stepan Sage? I'm going to spell it out and put it on the Tumblr. Um, I hate being that guy that pronounces stuff wrong, and I don't also ever want to be the guy that is, like, mispronouncing something on purpose like I'm an idiot. So I feel really bad. Um, but Stepan uh, has uh, done this comic on DeviantArt for years, and it's now being collected into uh, graphic novels. Um, Sunstone is uh, an adult comic, so hide your baby's ears, put them in a bucket, Sunstone is about uh, two women who, you know, meet online because uh, of their mutual interest in kink and BDSM. And they sort of engage in this very kinky uh, relationship, you know, on, on a based around the sex and slowly start falling for each other, which I mean... I'm a sucker for romantic, weird sex things, I guess, <laughs> but this comic is so beautiful. Um, Stepan just took over as the artist on Rat Queens, and issue number 10 is actually out on April 8th, um, which I have read uh, on Evals, and it is extremely good. I'm so excited that he's taking over that series. And so... You know, looking into who he was and his other art, I was recommended Sunstone, checked it out, bought the first volume, and I am completely in love with it. You know, it's so rare that I see sexy comics that are, you know, A, have a feminist bent to them uh, and aren't completely misogynist or derogatory because there is <laughs> re Milo Minara. It's not exactly the most female friendly, even if it is uh, kind of sexy, which is its own issue. Um 
But Sunstone totally is. Uh, it's very relatable. You know, they're they're awkward and they fumble and they're cute and they're totally in love with each other and they, you know, can't say it. So they just keep doing weird sex things. <laughs> and I was charmed. I was so charmed. And it's so fun to be charmed by a sexy comic. And that hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, Smut Peddler, obviously those volumes um, from Iron Circus, both of those collections are great. And I don't just say that because I was in one of them. The first one is is fantastic so good um and you know colleen coover's um small favors also an amazing amazing sexy comic that is funny and relatable and cute (laughs) and there's no reason that those things can't you know live in the same space so i'm very excited about it and uh, the second collection of sunstone is coming out soon so you can check that out let's move on are you ready for this in case you haven't heard, Less Than Life has launched a Patreon. If you want to know what that is, good news, I'm going to tell you. A Patreon is a monthly subscription service or a kind of a crowdfunding platform where if you like the show, you can support it financially with money, uh, which is really great because the show is costs a little bit of money to make. Uh, It's, you know, we do it in a real recording studio and the guys here make those amazing songs. And everything that I'm saying right now, you can watch me say better and with video on uh, the actual Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash less than live. And there you can find out what it's all about. So pretty much you can choose an amount of money, if you're interested, uh, to pledge to us monthly. And for those specific amounts of money at different levels and different amounts, you will get different rewards. Um, You can get a voicemail message from me. You can subscribe to get a biannual package of goodies and swag. Uh, You can have advanced access to what guests we're going to have on the show, uh, to ask questions. And these things are going to change and develop as we go along and we're going to invent new things. And I just really want to make it kind of a cool interactive behind the scenes experience and, uh, to show, you know, people who, who do subscribe and who do support the show a little bit extra and, uh, and, you know, get you all involved. So you can check that out again at patreon.com. That's patron with an E in it, uh, slash less than live and, uh, donate a little bit of money. If, if you want, that'd be cool. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask a question. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. So today we are talking to Paulina Ganeshow, who is a colorist and an artist um, who is doing a series with Dark Horse coming out in the fall that I was lucky enough to do the announcement article for through Comics Alliance called Zodiac Star Force. Uh, Hi, Paulina. Hey, Kate. What's up? Oh, not too much. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Let's do this all night. Yeah, (laughs) man. Yeah, man. Everyone's good? Let's freaking party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so congrats on, uh, your series being announced. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, I'm beyond excited. And Kevin, the writer is amazing. He's my best friend and I'm so glad that I'm in this with him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. So you and, uh, so it's Kevin Panetta. Yeah. Um, do you guys live in the same area? We do. We live about like 30 minutes away from each other. So we hang out frequently. He lives in DC. I live in Maryland. So. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. 
He's from Maryland. Oh, I'm going there. Well, not from here, but I just actually moved here. Oh, that's exciting. I'm from New Orleans. Really? Yeah. Hmm, Cool. That's weird. Well, um, <laughs> I like it. I like to know the history. I like to know what um, what what uh, constitutes you as a person. Um, so that has just been announced. Um, so Zodiac Star Force, Magical Girl series, and obviously we talked about that in the interview. But uh, for the benefit of the auditory observer, what uh, what's it about? A little bit. It is about a team of magical girls, of course, and they are kicking ass and taking names. But it's more about them refining themselves as a team and getting through this struggle that is the book, that is the four issue series. And it's really deep, but it's really beautiful and it's really funny and it's it's personable and it's different and I'm in love with it. I'm, <laughs> <love> it. <laughs> well, I'm very excited. I mean, you know, it was really cool to get to talk about it before, but um, it's more fun to do it in, in kind of a more casual setting, too. Yeah. Um, because I know you guys have been, I mean, how, you said it it had been like 13 months you guys were shopping this around, or you took, no, you took it to 13 places. Yeah, we have, we have been working on it for like years, yeah. maybe like two plus years, and yeah, but we shopped it around to like 13 places, and That's then so Dark funny. Horse finally nibbled, and we were singing, and we were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dark Horse. <laughs> They're really wonderful. I mean, I only got to know, you know, Jim Gibbons and the team over there doing that article, but it seems like... A really good fit they're fantastic i i have never met such like professional lovely people i i love them <laughs> it's it's exciting i mean yeah. i've always liked you know i like dark horse for hellboy and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's just it's so cool to see them taking a chance on a you know crazy multicolored magical girl story for all ages <laughs> i know and especially you know girl driven and female driven it's like i can't believe we are leading the way on that like it's yeah. it's such an honor. It's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, people seem really excited about it. It like the announcement went over really well, and the 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 page that went up on CBR, you know. Yeah, we were really surprised. Like we knew people would be excited, but even Jim was like, "Oh my god, congrats, you guys!" Because it's <laughs> it's got a really good reception. We're like more excited than ever because of it. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's that's really cool. that starts coming out in the fall. Yeah, it's going to be either August or September, so we're tentatively saying fall. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So then you guys get to, like, do the con circuit with it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think I'll still be busy, but I know I'll hit some of the East Coast cons, mm. definitely. So, I mean, in terms of you being busy now, I, I, I'm i going to preface this that uh, Paulina and I, this is me talking to you, the listener, <laughs> um, <laughs> Paulina and I have just started working together um, as, as a collab which i hope will be a thing that we do well into the future <laughs> definitely um of me drawing and paulina doing uh, the colors for some covers for a couple of things which is not, like i've always wanted to work with you this is yeah, just, same this, ditto yeah. ditto forever girl <laughs> but we're both <laughs> so busy yes uh so committing to like you know a project is uh unthinkable a lot of the time <laughs> just for how much we do so that was really exciting and it's not a thing that i have ever done before you're the first person that's ever colored anything that i've like done the line Are you work serious? For. oh yeah oh my god Never, I'm so i've always honored i've, I've <laughs> always colored everything myself and i have you know a middling at best understanding of color um i just learned through photoshop your technique is great though like well, your, you. everything you do it suits your liner very well wow 
thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it took it to like a whole other level. It was so exciting to Mm -hmm. see, you know, to get that stuff back and to have, you know, just the color holds and all the different gradients and and the, the textures of everything. It's just stuff that I am not proficient at at all. And so it was really, really exciting. So that was part of why I wanted to talk to you. I mean, not just about Zodiac Star Force, because obviously that's very exciting. But I think a lot of people in reading comics and being comics fans don't really understand how much a colorist brings to the table. Um, That's true. Like when I send you line work, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I work on that and and that's cool, you know, to get all the, the... the shapes <laughs> the people yeah. yeah but you you know bring it to life and that was like it's kind of a, a kick for me almost mm-hmm. in the pants to be like damn when you get a professional <laughs> so the thing i wanted to ask and i know the baseline question of like how did you get started is sort of a boring one but like did you did you study you know into coloring or was it illustration and then you kind of ended up in coloring well i I've, you know, of course, every artist is going to say this, but, you know, I've been coloring my whole life or, you know, doing art forever, as long as I can remember. But um, I don't know, I've always been interested in like, palettes or just like seeing how colors work in real life. And I take a lot of my inspiration from real life, like, especially in school, they tell you to do that. I actually went to school for sequential art. And yeah. they, they did teach a coloring class. It was just one, but I, a lot of my techniques and style is self taught or just pulling from what I like and pulling from what's around me like people don't say that enough to where like if you see a palette you like just take the colors like you're not (laughs) stealing anything I mean it's just colors everywhere it's not it's for everyone it's 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 amazing and and I don't know I color it blows my mind it literally blows my mind well it's something that I've always really liked because um you know I I you did a backup for Bravest Warriors, which is really cool. Yeah. But the thing that, you know, I think always jumps out so much to me is is your color palettes. I mean, it's these pastels. It's these crazy mm-hmm. gradients. It's how everything is so just lush. And it really is very reminiscent of, like, you know, Sailor Moon scenery and stuff like that, yeah. where everything is very – there's a lot of pinks and purples and, and – Dreamy. <laughs> dreamy. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Cause My I, palettes are really feminine, but – yeah. They're really bright, too. Yeah. Which I like. It's almost sort of aggressively feminine. Yeah. <laughs> which that's is, me. <laughs> I think that's the way I would describe it. Yeah, that's perfect, actually. I love it. <laughs> that was, like, why I wanted to do it for Swords of Sorrow, because I was like, this is such a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the comic's, like, cheesecakey and very, you know, action-packed, and everyone's very, like, hard and serious. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I want it to be... Shiny. Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, when you take it, you know, a lot of the time you're coloring your own stuff, but when you color for other people, um, like, how do you, do you start just flatting everything? Do you have like an, I know like people like Anthony Clark have like an auto filler for different sections that then they work from. Like what's, give me an outline of your process for the layperson. Um, sometimes I flat my own stuff lately since I've been so busy. I hire flatters and they do great jobs. Like they, they will take random colors or sometimes they want to put their own palette on the page and see what happens. But um, they usually started out, they, they, you know, fill in each shape. So it's easy for me to go in and pick my own colors. But sometimes my sister actually, Savannah Ganesho, she flats for me quite often and I love her palettes. So I I never, I actually don't change them that much sometimes 
she um she flats for crystal cadet sometimes and oh cool yeah yeah i love that but um yeah so yeah it starts with flatting and then i do like a block shade shading thing over the entire page mm-hmm. and i'll separate them too so i'll like shade the background and then and and then i shade the character so it's like it's easier for me to differentiate between the two things because i do a lot of like you know like you said gradients and that's mm-hmm. harder when it's all in one thing right so yeah and a lot of color holds yes i love <laughs> color holds <laughs> um every time i do this podcast I, I realize i'm like i need to explain what these things are because i'm so steeped in uh the industry but uh I know. <laughs> color holds are when you color the the line work itself mm-hmm. yeah. um and a lot of the time, I feel like your stuff has sort of like a glow to it in those mm-hmm. lines. Oh, yeah. Which is really I, cool. I use a lot of like bloom and like <laughs> gradient overlays in my work just because I love that. Like, I don't know. It's like soft. It's hazy almost. It's like soft focus comics. I don't know. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. really it's a very it's a you know, it's a very specific style and you can yeah. tell right away, Yeah, which is cool because I think a lot of the time with colorists, you might not necessarily um, know them to look mm-hmm. at a comic. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not know, you know, oh, those are Jordy colors, Jordy's colors or Rico's colors or, or Betty's colors. Um, I'm a colorist fangirl. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I like ever since Christina Strain on Runaways. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, those pastels. Mm. Like, <laughs> Mother may I. She was one of the first um, comics professionals that I ever approached. Like oh, ever. Really? Uh, it was New York wow. Comic Con in like 2012 mm-hmm. before I was doing any. It was either 2012 or 2013. It was when Womanthology first came out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anyone from a hole in the ground or like nobody knew me for sure. Uh-huh. And I walked up to Christina Strain and I was like, oh, my God, are you the colorist for Runaways? <laughs> and she's just like, no one ever does this. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I bet you made her entire year. She was pretty excited. Yeah. From what I could tell, I was just like, oh, your palettes are so amazing. You're muted rainbows. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Well, it, I just, you know, a lot of people kind of take both colorists and letterists for granted. I think They do. They yeah. really do. It's like if every every colorist and every letterist went on strike, color, I mean, comics would be in, tro- in oh, trouble. Oh, so <laughs> and just ugly. Yeah. And of, ugly. Ugh, I know the difference between when I color my own stuff now and when, <laughs> when I have oh, someone no. else do it. Well, it's not like it's terrible, but it really, really adds something. Um, and I really do like this push in the industry to mm-hmm. to credit colorists. Definitely. And I can't believe it wasn't done, like, automatically before. Yeah. And I love that people like Jordy are so vocal about yeah. it and really do push for it. And I always try, you know, now, even on the podcast, I try actively when I'm talking about comics to mention the colors. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working into letterists. I'm trying to – I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, letterists <laughs> are still – struggling i Still hate that because they're so important well it's like even you know it's a thing that i've tried to do but when i'm getting the information together for the show a lot of the time even looking up a comic like if i don't physically mm-hmm. have it you can't find who the letterist was i know like, it's That's not listed oh. online yeah it's not fair it sucks yeah <laughs> it's very strange because i think yeah. it adds you know i think one of the first times that i really noticed it was in the fiona and cake miniseries because mm-hmm. Britt Wilson did those letters. Yeah. And that was like, that added a whole other level to that comic. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's I'm really interested in, in delving into those sort of, not just writer artist, <laughs> but mm-hmm. all the different elements. Um, okay. So, 
Okay, another question I'm recoloring. Um, when you're done on average, and this is on average, mm-hmm. how many how many layers do you end up with? Oh man. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, it really depends. Sometimes it is a lot, but sometimes it's not. It it depends if I'm doing a cover or a page, honestly. And which a cover one? has way more layers okay. usually. Because I use textures way more. I use way more overlays. I'm way more like finicky with my things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I have, of course, have had 100 layers. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I've ever capped 20 on anything. Oh, man, that's amazing. But I, <laughs> I've only I've only covered 100 on like, like actual illustrations. Coloring, I've probably, it's like 40 at most. That's crazy. Yeah, it's still a lot. But yeah. Uh, the files can get really huge when you start using textures too. Yeah, I would so imagine. be fair. <laughs> I can't like I don't even think my computer could handle them. Yeah, files yeah. With that many layers. Mm, yeah, it, it gets really sludge like when they get really big. Yeah, my computer's like, help me, please. <laughs> I hate you. Just have to point like seven fans at it at once to yeah, keep it yeah. from like exploding. Exactly. <laughs> She's so sweet. So I got like a couple of questions from people on Twitter, and I don't always do this, but there were a couple cool ones. Let's do it for the interview. And you probably looked at them all because you were favoriting them. So, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, my friend Juliet asked, um, you know. When you when you're coloring, do you have like a specific soundtrack or things that you that you listen to or like a headspace that you need to get into to do it, or is it just kind of whatever? Not at all. Coloring for me is the easiest part of comics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just like flows for me. I don't know. Me and color get along really well. Inking is another story. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we're not talking about that. Well, we yeah. can. We nah. can. You ink nah. as well. You are an artist as well. I just. <laughs> inking is hard yeah well especially when you're doing a lot of it yeah yeah are you the kind of i mean when you're working on zodiac star force is it the kind of thing where like you pencil the whole issue and then go back and ink it or do you do it like a bit at a time yeah that's how they want it so that's how i do it so you do it a bit at a time or you do it the which one the chunk like the huge chunk like all pencils and then all inks right that's usually the how it works that's yeah that's normally the system Yeah. yeah it's better for consistency i guess anyway cool yeah it's um, cool it's so cool juliet's other question juliet is is lovely she's a she's one of our head valkyries she's a treat hi juliet you're <laughs> awesome <laughs> she's the greatest <laughs> um she also asked uh how much room do you as a colorist have to experiment on a piece with someone else's line art uh i'm sure it varies by collaborator or project but what's your ideal amount of give and take Honestly, everyone I've worked with so far has given me like free reign. They're just like, do whatever you want, <laughs> like outside of character colors. Right. And I love that. I love that they trust me and they're just like, they love myself enough to just let me go crazy. Yeah. But of course they do have edits sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. All my collaborators have been amazing, including you. <laughs> well, thank you. Are you excited <laughs> to work on the sex criminals cover? Oh my god. <laughs> you guys, this is going to be the most beautiful cover ever. I just wait. Oh, I've only I've showed it to so many people, the oh sketch when I was in Emerald City. Oh, is everybody excited? <sighs> yes. Kelly Sue DeConnick. 
Kelly Sue put her head down on the table and said, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> I love Kelly. Oh, my God. It's pretty great. Oh, just like, I'm you're so- right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no. This is a dream realized. I'm, I can't believe you agreed to do it. The, it's someday, dear listener. You learn more about me the more you get to know me, Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is what I'm excited about. Um, okay. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the color holds, the sparkles. It's going to be so sparkly. The quiet. I'm excited to see your interpretation of the quiet because yes. uh, I feel like you will kill it on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be beautiful. <laughs> Bet your ass. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, somebody else asked if you're not coloring digitally. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here from uh, a guy named Alex who mm-hmm. was asking, you know, when you color physically, not on computer, do you use marker or are you... Are you a Copic person? Are you a, a pencil crayon watercolor? You know, I don't do traditional a lot. I used to way more, but now it's like I'm so steeped in the digital everything. Right. But when I do, um, I love colored pencil. I used to do a lot of marker in high school, but yeah. mostly now it's just like colored pencil or watercolor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't figure. I mean, you know, your stuff is so just the smoothness, I think, mm-hmm. from the digital is a huge component of your art absolutely i love the like opaqueness of digital i'm yeah. always disappointed when i do traditional i'm like this doesn't look right <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um somebody tom spielman also asked what the difference between coloring and flatting was but i feel like we kind of covered that yeah flatting is just filling in the lines it's like a coloring book mm-hmm. and then coloring is just the entire process finishing a page it's pretty cool i mean a flatter you know also even more so than a letterist, never credited. Never. I never. hope that changes because yeah. flatters are amazing. Well, my friend they, Lisa, Lisa just became, is like a flatter for Rico Renzi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's working on like Squirrel Girl and Howard yeah. the Duck, but her name's not in the book. No, zero credit. <laughs> yeah. I, that has to change. That'll be the next to change. It better, or I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you should. I yes, think you should. I know. I totally should. Ooh. Okay. It's it's yeah. cool. It's you know the more people that you work with, the more you're like you gain uh, an appreciation for what it is that they do. Absolutely. Which I think and flatting is-, is a great way to like just get into the industry. If you like really want to do comics, just try to be a flatter because people are always looking for help. I know I like will like be up shit creek with a deadline. Excuse my language, <laughs> but fine. and then I'll like go to Twitter and I'm like flatters, I need you, and people <laughs> always come up, and it's amazing. I love them to death. Well, that was another, I mean, just, you know, outside of how do you get into to coloring or like, how did you start? But I'm so curious about that because it seems like there's so many natural progressions. You know, someone who's a writer becomes an artist if they're writing their own stuff. But how do you, how do you start getting, is it just like, I mean, okay, the same with where I sort of got one writing job and then got a bunch of writing jobs. Is it like mm-hmm. that with coloring where it's like one person sees your colors and then says, oh, can you color this thing? And then you do that or totally yeah yeah I did like a book for my boyfriend Kendall Good I Mm -hmm. like I colored his entire issue that he was pitching and then I posted on Tumblr and then like people just came out and they're like will you color my stuff I think I got like five (laughs) gigs right away yeah that's crazy crazy. yeah it's it's so interesting to me because that's you know kind of the number one response of like how did you get into that Hmm. it's like I just you kind of fall into it Yeah. yeah I did it once 
Yeah, exactly. Like, people liked my letters, so now I'm exactly. a letterer. <laughs> exactly. I love that it's like that, but it's also, it can be difficult. Yeah. It's like right place, right time a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is it, it must be exciting to be doing, you know, with Zodiac Star Force, like you're doing the art as well. So it's kind of yes. like all you. I love it. It's it's really daunting, but I really will enjoy that I have like full creative control. Yeah. I know it's going to kick my ass, but I'm going to do a really good job. I may be dead by the end of it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting. But I'm it's- so happy to do art. It's just I the four it. issues, right? So yeah, hopefully, hopefully more. Hopefully more. <laughs> Always, every time anyone I like gets a series, I'm like, but I think that it is this weird uh, precedent in the industry now where you have to pitch everything as a mini series. Yeah, like it's nobody true. wants to take a risk on an ongoing unless you've been in the yeah. business ten years. Yeah, I think it is a smart way to handle things, but it's yeah. also scary because you're like, it could be over. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> I guess at least you have this. <laughs> Well, it's like I've taken to pitching everything as, you know, this is six issues, but it yeah. could be more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You have to play it like that. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. It's really crazy. It's so nuts. Um, oh, comics. <laughs> we love we love and, and hate them. Yes. Um, so as we veer towards the, the less technical aspect of thing, now that I feel that my curiosity is somewhat satisfied, um, someone asked if you were, and I know this is going to be hard, but if you were a magical girl, what would your uniform and color scheme be? Oh, my God. This is hard. <laughs> That's a lot to ask. You um, can... <laughs> white and pink and mint. That's good. With some yellow accents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. That, that sounds good to me. That seems I may have to design that now. <laughs> would it be i mean the one thing that i really really loved about the zodiac store for costumes is that it's shorts oh yeah um as opposed to skirts which obviously makes a lot more sense for fighting totally um and sneakers and sneakers <laughs> yeah. and it manages to stay very feminine while still being a lot more practical mm-hmm. which i uh i admire i love that well i am like i adore shorts even if i'm wearing a skirt i have to have shorts because you know you don't want your booty shown mm-hmm. so yeah it's like if you're beating monsters why not shorts <laughs> Exactly. And, like, they still have their, like, sexy legs out, but they look great. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're sexy legs. They're sexy legs. They're pretty cute. They're I'm really- excited about those characters. Um, yeah. Well, that's good to know. Would you Would you be, like, a, a gem? Would you be a, a moon, a planet? A- I would I would design myself a uh, my own Zodiac so- art persona, for sure. I like that. Yeah. Scorpio. Right. Even though they will all show up, but mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Who cares? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it up. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to veer slightly left for a minute to talk about uh, something that we mutually love that um, obviously is not quite in the realm of magical girls. But Paulina, how how's your Dragon Age experience been? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stop. <laughs> Playing and talking about Dragon Age. <laughs> I'm in so, love with Dragon Age. Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, yes. The favorite video game of cartoonists. Yes. <laughs> right now. Everybody is playing it. Everybody. 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 And everybody who's not playing is like, I'm so sick of hearing about Dragon Age. And then three days later, they're like, so, I'm playing Dragon Age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do I side with the Templars or? <laughs> <laughs> or the mages. What do I do? Oh, 
See, I sided with the mages on my first playthrough, and now I'm going with the Templars. Me too. Me Just too. to see what happens. Totally. You gotta do it all. There's so many cho- choices. It's so much, so many things. Alright, so Paulina, uh, your first playthrough, what was yeah. your race and class? I was an elf. Mm. Warrior. Oh. Double, two-handed weapon. Wow. What was your yeah. specialization? Oh, what was I? Oh, God, I can't remember. I don't think I used my specialization very, very well, much because I was kind of disappointed with it. I think, oh, champion. Right. Champion. Much more importantly, who did you romance? Oh, my God. I romanced <laughs> Cullen because he is a Cullen! hot Cullen! Cullen! <laughs> Cullen is probably, like, the only romanceable option that I did not even consider. Okay, here's what happened. I wanted to do Solace, but then I started too late and he wouldn't love me. So I was right. like... Screw this. I gotta get some ass. So I went after Colin. <laughs> I and he, seen... he has like a whole scene where he's naked. So I appreciate what? it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Maybe yeah. It's and worth I'm it. like fully clothed and he's naked. I'm like, this Ooh, is awesome. That's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good. Because I, I mean, I, I climbed the wall the first mm-hmm. time. Black wall. And it wasn't even on purpose. So I was a canary. Or no, the first time I played, I was an elf rogue. Because yeah. I almost always play as a rogue archer in anything. Yeah, yep. just my thing. I like being at a distance and shooting people. Yeah, you're safer. It's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's great. Less stressful. Mm-hmm. I like ranged weapons. Um, so I screwed up on the romancing. I mm-hmm. kept letting Blackwall hit on me because he wouldn't like Blackwall. Just is like whatever inquisitor you are. He's like I want. He's insatiable. He's like, insatiable. He wants, to, he wants to do everybody. Uh-huh. He was the same with me. I was like, baby, you gotta stop. Yeah. <laughs> but I went for it because I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. I haven't played a video game like this in a really long time. So, okay. And then I ended up sleeping with him. And I mean, spoilers, he is not the greatest person. I don't know what he's like in bed. They don't really show you. Yeah. They show they show my nudite, but not Blackwall. So I had the opposite of your experience. Oh, see, that's a bummer. It is a I'm bummer because... The entire game, all I wanted was Josephine. Oh, my God. She's so hard to get. She is, like, impossible. And I looked yeah. up all these walkthroughs online after I played, and she's apparently her and Iron Bull are supposed to be the easiest to romance. I was like, no way. No. They take forever. My roommate did her, and it took forever. Yeah. Like, almost the whole span of the game. That's crazy. Yeah. See, I'm on my second playthrough now, and I'm a Canary Mage. Nice. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. Being a canary is cool. I wish they had better hair options. Yeah. What's the deal with that? I think it's the horns. Well, I just, I don't understand why the horns would, like, prevent you from having cool long hair. Yeah. Or, like, nice, like, buns or top knots or something. It's all, like, those weird, like, they just look like white people. Mohawks. Cornrows. (laughs) And, like, it's not good. It's not cool, guys. Not cool. No. So I picked the one that's, like, a little bun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was oh, the, I know that one. Yeah. It was mm. the closest to good, but mm-hmm. I mean, I like it, but um, I, so I'm going for Sarah, obviously. Nice. Because I love Sarah. I love Sarah too. And I didn't really like her on the first playthrough. I thought she was kind of irritating. And plus, yeah. I wanted Josephine so badly. Yeah. <sighs> this time, <laughs> You're I'm going to get Sarah. I'm going to get. Oh, she, I, I think she's a little. She's easy to get. I think she's a lot easier to. Like, literally, I played as a Canary Mage because I know you can get Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sarah loves the Canary. She like, does. She, she totally wants to get does. freaky with them. She has a Canary <laughs> fetish. She loves the horns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that was probably a lot of gibberish for a lot of people, but 
care. It was fun. <laughs> Dragon Age is... I could talk about this forever. I love it so much. Let's make a Dragon Age podcast. Let's just do it every day. We just talk about romancing our different yes. characters and how we hate the fucking shards. Exactly. We oh, went through... <laughs> I hate, the I hate the shards. I'm not oh. doing it. The second playthrough, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just oh, not doing them. The shards. <laughs> like, Jeremy and I play it. Like, he has it on his PlayStation, so I only get to play it when I'm in L.A. Um, so it's like, you know, hi, nice to see you. I love you so much, but I really, I really want to play Dragon Age. <laughs> not true. I love him very much. Um, but... The second playthrough, we just every time we go to one of those like ocularums, he just is like, fuck you, shards. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, I can't do those for the life of me. They're horrible. Yeah. It's, oh, it's horrible. The it's game awful. engine of just trying to climb those stupid hills. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like Qbert. Did you ever play that game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Qbert. <laughs> the guys in the podcast room just both went, yup. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know. You know. They know. Coy- what did you say? Coily? <laughs> oh, the coily's a snake? Oh my god. Coily. I have cheerleaders here. It's great. <laughs> um, so if you're not playing Dragon Age, obviously you should because yes, it is the best. We recommend it. We highly recommend Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Along with the rest of the world. So the first playthrough, did you side with the mages? Yes, I yeah. did. Because, I mean... That thing where they show up in Valroyo and are like awful to the chantry, I was like, I can't side with you. Yeah. You're yeah, terrible. You just like Jeremy's like, maybe they're not all bad. I was like, No, they suck. They're <laughs> awful. <laughs> Although when you do, they're actually not that bad because they're no, just true. ruled that's by true. evil people. I'm ruining the game for everyone who hasn't played yeah. it. Um, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Andraste, forgive me. <laughs> Um, That's the maker. <laughs> Every time I call him, he he's like, "Well, let's see what we have." Oh yeah! <laughs> God damn it, Josephine! Oh my God! I quote, I I I do so many like stupid quotes like that from the game. Mm-hmm. There's one um, when you're like in a battle, somebody always screams, "Kill the warrior!" <laughs> and I just it makes me laugh every time. I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. I love. I love the inter. I would like watch a movie of the interactions between Cassandra and Iron Bull. Oh man, yeah. Like a I wish you movie. could like ship your own like characters. Yeah, or, like you know your teammates. Yeah, that's make them fall in love. Totally. Yeah. We we need like matchmaker Dragon Age. <laughs> just that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so funny because I saw. I mean, Jamie McKelvey was tweeting about playing Dragon Age um, before I had even started, and he was talking about having some difficulty with one of the romance quests. And somebody was like, "Why don't you just play the game for like the adventure and like not focus on the romance?" And he's just like, Dude. "What's wrong with you?" I know. <laughs> like the dudes care too. I remember like Jeremy like patting my head as I fell asleep being like Josephine will love us someday. Oh, is he trying to get her too? Well, he I mean we were playing the same character. Oh, okay. So we were both very invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh in Josephine someday. Yeah. Um <laughs> I really went off track. I was like, we'll talk about Dragon Age for a minute and Yeah, then, I'm sorry. I'm sorry everybody. And then I was so excited <laughs> to talk about Dragon Age. Um so I was going to say some stuff about magical girls, but I don't. I feel like we've pretty much covered a lot through both our interview and this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paulina. 
Yes. Uh, and this can go for cartoons as well. But what what are you reading or watching right now that you are really into? Oh, so many things. Um, reading. I'm reading Squirrel Girl. I absolutely love it. As you mentioned before, mm-hmm. it's a perfect comic. Yeah. I think I, I'm like utterly in love with it. <laughs> and along with Spider Gwen, oh my god, crushing it! Spider Gwen's so good. <clears throat> it is so good. And um, Silk and Gem, I love as well. Both amazing. Oh, Gem is so great. Oh, Gem is so good. I cannot wait for the next one. Like mm-hmm. I read the first one, and I was like, "This is it. This is it." It's so fun. I'm so happy. All the like female driven comics that are out right now. It's it's like, oh, it's amazing. It feels pretty incredible. Yeah, I love this change in comics, and I hope it just keeps on going. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, man. Me too. I want to run. And Batgirl. I love Batgirl. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. up, Babs? <laughs> <laughs> and a less than live alum. Yes. Um, Babs is awesome. And you are. I want to talk about Steven Universe, but I also don't. I was just about to say, if we're talking about cartoons, Steven yeah. Universe is my number one. Steven Universe is the greatest. Yeah. It's like my favorite show now. It's so Outside good. Outside of Taylor Moon. Yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. still watching Crystal? I I am because I hate myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried I, to like sub in the latest episode oh or like no. one of the more recent ones that Chibiusa was in. And oh I was no. like, this animation... <laughs> It sucks. It's so like, bad. It's not even the animation. It's like the pacing. It's like mm-hmm. the way they're handling the characters. It just sucks. Yeah. And, and they I, say they're following the manga. And I'm like, no, you're not. No. What is I, this? Like, I didn't grow up reading the manga. Like, I didn't have access to it. I just watched, you know, the yeah. dubbed show yeah. um, on YTV in Canada. Yep. And that was all I had. And I just started reading the manga, like, last year when they oh reprinted them. Oh, yeah, I'm rebuying those two still. They're yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I got up to volume <clears throat> five that I read because mm-hmm. it's just such fun, like, when you just want to not read anything gritty or, or sad or <laughs> Yeah, it's just, like, delightful. It's like eating cake. It's candy. It's just <laughs> yeah. candy. It's just great candy. Yeah. But, oh, it is – as much as it drives me absolutely crazy how often they say – Oh my God, silver, the silver crystal, like, oh, yeah, in quotations. Mm-hmm. That drives me insane. Yeah. But everything else about it is just so pretty. Mm hmm. Yeah, so sometimes pretty. the writing is kind of repetitive, but it's yeah. like those mangakas, they have to pump that shit out. So it's like, yeah. I know that they're going like a million miles an hour. Yeah. So I, I, I have so much respect for them. <laughs> I'm curious to know, I mean, this span of, like, how quickly those were coming out. I know. I don't know the absolute timeline, but I know sometimes it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, they never do anything else but work. Yeah. Like, and, and I live like that, but I can't imagine. <laughs> they, I know they know they are, like, ten times, like, well, they yeah. do ten times the work I do. But you take <laughs> breaks to, like, you know. Play Dragon Age. Play Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> go out every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, go outside, take yep. a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I can't, obviously you can't do something like that monthly, but it's near that level yeah, for it, some it, people. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. I can't that. imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. Nope. But, um, yeah, so Crystal, Crystal sucks. Yeah, Crystal sucks. 
I feel like only diehard Sailor Moon fans watch it just because they feel like they have to. Because that's where I am. (laughs) Well, and I am a pretty diehard Sailor Moon fan, but man, and like I try really hard for, you know, the podcast to to be positive. I try to be like, here's some great stuff, but man, I can't. I can't say anything nice about Sailor Moon Crystal. It's just really bad. Nothing redeemable about it outside of like maybe like 10 minutes of animation that's okay. Like across all of the episodes so far. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. It's not great. (laughs) And it's just like Toei is laughing at us. Yep. Toei Animation, what are you doing to me? You're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me. But... We have Steven Universe, which is... Oh, my is... God. Thank God. Rebecca Sugar, you're amazing. I love you forever. She's a queen. Oh, my God. I can't, like, I can't handle how good that show is. I know. I can't yeah. believe it came out of her brain. Like, she's incredible. It's it's so smart. Yeah. And difficult and complicated. Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, man. I had this, like... I was talking to the guys in the studio about it, but Chris Roberson, the guy who wrote iZombie, mm-hmm. um, he and I were, uh, I'm going to say... Very intoxicated. <laughs> I was trying to think of a nice way to say that, but no, we were. There's no. Nice we were hammered uh, at Emerald City Comic Con last weekend, and okay. I didn't know who he was. He was just like this dude that I had been on a panel with, and mm-hmm. um, I shockingly don't know everyone in comics. Uh, no, I'm still working does? on it, <laughs> but um, he, he like I was talking. I mentioned Steven Universe, and he was next to me, and he was like, "Were you talking about Steven Universe?" We get on this hour and twenty minute conversation. We're like, (laughs) every half hour, you know, Jeremy or my friends were coming over to check on me to make sure this, like, guy they didn't know wasn't, like, hitting on me or whatever. And I was like, no, 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 it's not like that. We're just really, really involved in this conversation about (laughs) Steven Universe. (laughs) It's important. It was crazy. We talked about it for so long. And they're just so involved. It's it's an incredible show. It's so, it's, like, funny and, like, deep, but, like, so emotional and, like, so meaningful and it just oh it's incredible <laughs> and like the colors and the style and this the art direction ugh, it's so good those backgrounds man i know mm. i won't talk about my favorite episode because i don't want to ruin it for anyone who still hasn't seen it but if you haven't seen it my god watch it yeah you need to catch up to episode 48 yeah yeah <laughs> that is that it, it's just like it's everything it's everything i rewatched it, it yesterday I, I've watched it like 20 times. Yep. I'm not even lying. I can't. I never get tired of it. And it makes me cry almost every time. Yes. Mm. Tears. It's incredible. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for those of you who were confused but enjoying us, uh, play Dragon Age, watch Steven Universe, uh, read Batgirl. Support colorists. Support colorists. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Paulina, if people want to find you on the internet or in stores, uh, what should they look for? Well, I'm on Twitter a lot mm-hmm. at P L I N A Gana Show, but you probably can't spell that. So <laughs> <laughs> just type in Paulina, and I'll probably yeah. come up. Paulina G. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I have a Tumblr, PaulinaGanaShow.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. And please support Zodiac Star Force because it's going to be amazing. That's not up for pre-order yet, is it? No, everybody keeps asking me. I don't know when it will go up. I think when it's uh, like um, up in previews, maybe I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I will do a huge announcement when it is. Mm-hmm. And so. so you should follow Paulina on the internet so that you know. Yes, please, please follow me. <laughs> it's very fun to do so. You get a lot of Sailor Moon gifts for your dollar. <laughs> oh my god! Sometimes <laughs> I wonder if, if people hate me for doing that, but then they wouldn't follow no, me. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so obnoxious. No, it's yeah, I- great. 
if you like sparkles and Sailor Moon and anything pink, follow mm-hmm. me on Twitter. Yeah, all of these things. I am a magical girl. I believe that. That <laughs> is why I introduced you as such. As like, you know, that's how I would introduce Angelina in the same way. Yeah. Oh, I love Angelina. No. Hi, Angelina. <laughs> She's the sweetest girl. She is anyway. the sweetest. Um, okay. So Zodiac Star Force, is there anything else out or uh, online right now? Uh, no, just the one preview page, and then the announcements are up on CBR and uh, Comics Alliance, your interview. Mm-hmm. Go read that interview if you haven't seen it, because Kate is amazing, and she is the best ever for doing it anyway. And my compadre, Kevin Panetta, the writer of Zodiac Star Force, is hilarious and awesome. Follow him, too, if you if you'd mm-hmm. like. He is wonderful. He is so great. He's a great guy. And, Everybody in comics needs to know him. Uh, Crystal Cadets... Um, Give, give a brief where can people find that and what is it it is a another magical girl comic but i'm just coloring it it's by um mm-hmm. katie oh my god why can't i remember her last name i'm terrible because she goes by katie o all the time yes that's it is katie o. strangely katie i don't know strangely katie yes. it's katie it's <laughs> you're just katie you're just katie <laughs> Oh, the internet is a weird place. But um, yeah, it's being put out by Roar Comics. And it's a, it's in digital format. But I think they actually just like printed the trade for the first set. Oh, cool. It was at Emerald City, I'm pretty sure. Like, they had oh, a awesome. There, so. I really want to so, read yeah, that. Yeah, that should be out soon as well. Very cool. Yeah, it's really fun, really cute. It's adorable. Um, and my last question is, are you going to be at any uh, cons or events in the next little while that people can find you? Not for a while. I will be at SPX in September because cool. that's my favorite show. You what were up? one of the four people that got in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I hope people still come even though they didn't get get in because it's oh, such yeah. a great show. I think a lot of people will. Yeah, I hope so. Well, that is exciting. Um, so, yeah, follow Paulina excuse me, on the internet and yeah. uh, check out her comics and uh, keep an ear out, an eye out for Zodiac Star Force. I'm very excited for that. Me too. Thank you, Paulina. Have a lovely day. You too, Kate. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Well, thanks for coming on. Can't I wait hope, to come back. I hope I was a good first experience. <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. This is my first podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Have a good night. You too. I know that you want to the pages inside my heart. Well, that's our show. I'll be at East Coast Comic Con in New Jersey this weekend. That's April 11th and 12th. Then back to L.A. for some sweet smooches in Dragon Age before the Toronto Comic Arts Festival on May 9th and 10th. Oh, um, did I mention I have a new retrofit book coming out then um, called Ink for Beginners. I, I don't know if I remembered to talk about it, but uh, we'll do it on the next show. <laughs> in the meantime, rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like the show and believe in a future with both hoverboards and equality, consider supporting our Patreon at patreon.com slash less than live, where you can find a ton more info. And hey, if you join the Patreon, you get access to outtakes, you get a first crack at show questions, there's a jukebox, there's a lot more coming. We're still working on it, but trust me, it's going to be good. If you've got questions or want more, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at LTLcast, and you can get show notes after every episode at lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com. Stay warm, you guys. This winter has to end sometime. I'll miss you. Oh, oh, hey, sorry, one other thing. Winners of our last contest, don't worry, we haven't forgot about you. I just frigged off to the U.S. for a while. We're going to get to you, we have prize packs coming, and we're going to be in touch. And we're going to do more contests in the future. So, hey, even if you didn't win, stay tuned. We love you.
Amnesia Forgetful Face. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. Listen to this podcast. Hear my voice. You have made an excellent choice. Hi, I'm Stephen. And I'm Karsten. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Lends Me Your Ears. Here's how the show works. We take movies now in theaters and connect them to older classics and non-classics. For example, if I said Hot Tub Time Machine 2, what would you think of? Oh, Lake House, Midnight in Paris, maybe Looper, X-Men Days of Future Past, Time Cop, Source Code, The Final Countdown. Uh, Planet of the Apes, 12 Monkeys, Time Bandits, Terminator. What about SpongeBob? Sponge out of water. Yeah, you get the picture. Just look for Lends Me Your Ears in the iTunes podcast store. 